And so I thought, okay, I'm going to hook myself to this guy because he's going to lead me to where I want to be. And I'm going to help him to, to develop his vision. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mojo Moments podcast. I'm your host, Thane Calder. Now, not all the stories our guests tell us make it into the full episodes, but we've got one here from our conversation with Bernard Mariette of Lolay fame right after he left Quicksilver and having overseen the transition of the business from $25 million to a mighty $2.5 billion he decided to go on search of mojo in Bangladesh. So here's Bernard's Bangladesh quest. So I left, but not knowing what I was going to do. I had my bucket list, which was still full. And I thought, I'm going to do one by one. After one month, my wife said, I cannot stand you being around me like all the time. (laughs) So I realized that my passion was to do business and do good. So I decided that was going to be, again, uh, what I was going to do. I had plenty of time. So I decided I was going to travel the world, not like before. Before I was doing one world tour every month, every single month. But I was going to do it, one-way ticket, no agenda, no meetings planned, no uh, hotels planned, nothing. So just go and kind of see what comes. Yes. And trust me, I was not used to it. I was the other way around. Like when you do a $2.5 billion on the stock market in Wall Street, you don't have a life. And so I thought about the guy at the time who, for me, was doing some of the best in the world. That was Mohamed Yunus. Mohamed Yunus is uh, the gentleman who founded Grameen Bank. Sorry, he founded Grameen at the beginning. Okay. And he was a professor in uh, Harvard or MIT, one of the two. He went back there to help his people. He's Pakistani, no? Or in Bangladesh. Bangladesh, okay. And he is one of the founders of microcredit. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to hook myself to this guy because he's going to lead me to where I want to be. And I'm going to help him to to develop his vision. I tried to meet him in the US and there was virtually impossible. It was in 2008, Obama was elected and he was part of the advising committee of Obama. So I thought, well, there's only one place I can meet him. It's in Bangladesh. So I went to Dhaka and trust me, 2008 in Dhaka, that was a challenge. Even if I didn't have any plan, I mean, I had enough resources to usually find a nice hotel. Or, well, in Dakar, you're not constrained by resources. There's no hotels in 2008. There was one hotel. So I go to the hotel, start to connect with people. And two people had relationship like the Danone team. And then I meet the Danone team and they were there just because they were doing a project with Mohamed Yunus. That really inspired me. The idea was to lend money to these ladies in villages for them to buy an additional cow. It was not a cow. They were goats. Mm-hmm. And uh, like that, they, they can generate more milk, take the milk to a micro yogurt factory. Yeah. Like micro, it was like a kitchen. Huh? Yeah. These people were doing the yogurt and selling the yogurt. Again, I loved it because it was all about making the ecosystem and the community better. And it works fantastic. The people at Danone were just incredible. It was retired engineers. The CEO of Danone was supporting the initiative like very strongly. Mohamed Yunus was just a magician into this equation. And I was just like super happy to be part of it. But I realized that microcredit was not where my passion was. And I was missing my passion about creating and making a lifestyle great for people. So you're drawn to the, uh, the community. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a form of a bank. It is a bank. Yeah. And you're like, you like the output of it, but the emotion, the creative process. There was no creative process. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's exactly that. But the numbers were good. 
So you were doing good and you were going good numbers. So I decided that at the end of the day, I wanted to go back into the lifestyle I felt very strong about, which was yoga. My wife has been a yogi for more than 20 years now. I've never been. Even now, I'm not a yogi. I can do yoga, but I'm not a yogi. I was not a surfer. And that's the reason why I think I'm successful. It's because I love the space. I understand the people who are fully passionate and fully committed to the lifestyle. But I can translate that to a, a bigger audience, which is me, basically. People like me. It's almost in a way you, you have the ability to play the bridge. Because when someone's really good at something, and I've seen this even in my kids' sports, becomes very uh, focused, very focused. It's very positive, but it's undemocratized in yep. a way. It's and, exclusive. Yeah. And so you are kind of that bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, surfing and yoga are very close. In fact, the communion with the sea, with the wave, there's a lot of uh, joining points. And there you have it. I love that story because it shows that just because you've had success in one place doesn't mean you'll immediately find it in another. And you just can't fake passion. We hope you like this bonus story from our conversation with Benal Mariette. And if you haven't checked out our full podcast, you're missing out. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And here's Chris Vellin just to play us out. Take care. Speak soon. Be safe. <laughs>